My name is Wazir. And my name is John Muhammad. And this is the Business Building Blocks Podcast. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. How about you? I'm doing amazing. I'm doing amazing. Today is Easter Sunday, April 1st. April Fool's Day. April Fool's Day. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Easter. And Easter, yeah. And we want to unravel some uh, mysteries around resurrection and uh, the whole concept of Easter and how it, it relate to spending. And business. Yeah, because most holidays do have an economic aspect to them. And that's, that's true. sometimes the, the, the biggest uh, push behind some of these holidays is that they bring in so much money. And then we'll talk also about holiday promotions. But first of all, we have a very special guest. Yes, we have a very... like to introduce. This uh, gentleman here goes by the name of Q. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Known around the industry. And he is a owner, a business entrepreneur. Go ahead and int introduce yourself and all the things that you do. What's going on, everybody? My name is Q Guyton. Uh, I'm co-owner of the Media Block, and I'm also a hip-hop artist. I do a lot of other things, too. I'm a painter as well. I do abstract art. Uh, oh. A lot of people don't know that. I do videography, short films, music videos, commercials. Uh, so art is kind of like my main thing. Uh, but I'm currently a new business owner because of that. Uh, I had to have a space for my artistry in order for it to be a place where I could, you know, effectively create in a comfort zone. So right. that's basically who I am. Living the dream. This is actually the studio that we are uh, moved our um, moved our podcast to. That's right. Because I came to an event that was hosted in this uh, in the block, one of the blocks that you have, where you have a live event block, mm -hmm. and y'all hosted a video release. And uh, I just want to congratulate you on this whole idea. It's like, thank you, man. yeah, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate as as we talked, as we talked, you know, the business building block is a business talk show, a black business talk show that focuses on business and entrepreneurship in the black community. And, and we all about building the community by building businesses. And if you look at it from a theological point of view, a spiritual point of view, it's kingdom building, nation building. Yeah. So, but it's all it all starts out locally. And uh, we are uniting economically in our commerce and our spending and, and providing for our own needs. But your story really touched me, and I'd like for you to go into okay. the whole reason why you started the Media Block. Uh, well, it's a, it's a long, short story. I try to be as effectively uh, accurate and still not tell you a whole long story. Okay. But... Uh, Basically, man, uh, doing hip-hop here in this city particularly, uh, I felt like I was coming across a lot of barriers that were being built by people who owned other buildings that we were trying to do business in. Okay. And, uh, and I know, you know, ultimately it ended up being the reason that I was black, I felt like. You know, right. in, in some cases it's not just because I'm black, but in most cases that's how I felt when I left. And uh, I just had to do something about it and build a place, uh, a space to where black people could feel comfortable. That's the reason why I said comfortable. Uh, I would go and do a hip-hop event in some places, and they just wouldn't want that type of crowd there. And uh, I think it was... Well, when you say uh, that type of crowd, the stereotype is that blacks are criminals, blacks are violence. 
Exactly. Maybe maybe you're a drug dealer or something. Exactly. <laughs> I think uh, they they were attaching violence to uh to the music, uh and, and the culture, mm-hmm. and uh and they're attaching intimidation, uh, to our culture. Okay. And uh, I feel like that just wasn't you know the case, and uh, it just it was heartbreaking, man. I had I had several different events to where you know even after the event was over, and we proved that. We could be here and have a great event, and everything mm-hmm. could be seamlessly harmless. And right. still, we were unwelcomed after after our event was thrown. Okay. Uh, and you know, I I didn't really want to name drop and disrespect any any business, but I feel like at this point I should because I mean it really happened. This is my true story. I, I did a short film called Rumination, and I and I released it at the Match Theater. Okay. This is a a place. The Match is a short for Music, Arts, Theater, Center, Houston. And uh, I thought this was such a great place for me to go and, and do everything that an artist like myself would want to do at a venue. And we did do that, but after we, we finished our event, uh, they told us that they sent me an email directly after I uh, finished my event, and I was trying to book again, saying that we didn't want your, your business here anymore. Okay. And I, okay. And I and I just said, you know, I, I sent back an email and I was trying to figure out why because I was so enthusiastic about doing another event there. Right. And uh, I was just trying to figure out what happened. What was what's what did I come and do at your event? I mean, at your venue that led you to say you don't want my business anymore. Right. And that was it was that was a huge deal to me. And uh, I had to end up going to meet with the people, meet with their their head board. And uh, when I got there and I gave them all of the stats. And all of the the visual uh, outcome and everything, all of the great things that happened here, they couldn't give me a legitimate reason why they didn't want my business anymore. All I got was a chuckle, and and one of the guys said, "Well, I can't believe that you actually came here dressed up in the suit mm-hmm. and and defended yourself like this. You know what? what? We, we we do like you." And and that's and I was like, "Oh my <laughs> gosh." First of all, I'm taking offense that you're saying that I dressed up in a suit. People who know me, I, I got on suits all the time. Yeah, y'all seen me several times. That, that, like, you clean? Yeah. In other words, that was a a, a a racial attack. Exactly. As if we are all gangbangers and we all dress like we uh, um, we all in one category, right. and that's that's the criminal, the the violent person, exactly. and they continue to discriminate against you and be racist. Against you, even in the face of the facts. Exactly, and it was it was such a shock to me to actually receive that in real life. You know, you see stories and you hear things, and uh, and I know my history. You know, I know that this stuff happened for real before. But at this day and age, you know, sometimes I think our uh, the new generation we don't realize how present discrimination still is amongst us. Because it's been hidden so well, and and one of the ways that they hide things is by sending you an email, like the one that I got, mm-hmm. telling me that I'm not welcome here anymore in a professional manner. But they they weren't ready for me to respond professionally as well, and they, also they weren't ready for me to show up to their front step and confront them about it and ask why. You know what I mean? And I just feel like, man, I need I need people to know that, that that's a, a real issue out here. And what's and what's funny is that's the that's the community that people consider liberal, like the arts and exactly. they're supposed to be all inclusive and creative. Man, I read out their mission statement to them in right. the meeting. 
Right. And, and that mission statement was something that really empowered me before I rented the space. This, this They said that this place is for everyone who creates art, right. overground, underground. And also they give discounts to people who are uh, who are doing things like us just so that we can have a place for that. And with Listen. all of that being said, you don't want me here when this is what your whole company is based upon? Having people like me here? You get what I'm saying? So what mm-hmm. makes me so different from everybody else? I even had to, to forcefully get them to advertise my event on their platform when that's what they do for everyone. We mm-hmm. had to make a special call in just to, to let people know that we were going to have our event there because they didn't even want to publicize that. You know what I mean? So it was just huge. I mean, that's that's just one place. I've been to several places and I've I've been I've had doors shut in my face unnecessarily and I just Well what the reason I'm asking you to tell your story is because we as a people all identify with that. Right. Maybe not in that particular uh place of business, but we uh experience that in this society. Yes. You know, so now we uh, went through a civil rights movement or integrationist movement where we left a position of segregated, a segregation. Where we were forced to do business with one another. We can only do business in our community. And then in integration, we was allowed to go into their community and we brought our business to them. But they are in control. They are receiving the proceeds. They are receiving the profits and the power. Right. So now if you walk in the door and you're independent, then you are a threat. I think that that was a blessing in disguise because was. now you are empowering yourself and you're empowering others like us who can come and we can be in the facility and be well received and we can be comfortable and we can build together. Yeah. And maybe that needs to be the new movement among our people that are now involved in this conscious awoke movement. And right. later we'll talk about resurrection because I all believe that it's resurrection, that we will begin to become free indeed, independent and self-determined. Real quick, what was the process of acquiring this space? Like what, after you had those experiences, mm-hmm. what was the first step we were like, like what were your thoughts? What were running through your mind and how did you go about acquiring this building? Well, ultimately, of course, after, you know, having that shocking news that I couldn't do uh, another movie release slash concert at almost the perfect place for an artist like myself to do one in this city, uh, I just started thinking about why, why, where, where can I do this thing? And I looked everywhere and there's nothing. So I just thought, I got to draw my own. I got to draw right. it out. So the first right. thing that I did is, I, and I got to. I went to school for engineering, computer engineering, so I learned a lot about uh, AutoCAD, computer automated drafting, and uh, and design, uh, architectural design, structural design. So I have a a decent background on how it is to lay out a plan. So I just started developing some ideas on paper. I started Mm -hmm. sketching it out. I still have the paper here in my office, and I put put one in the hallway just to remind me. But uh, I drew it out. I drew out exactly this building. Okay. And I started to look for a space that I wouldn't have to build from scratch because when I started investigating how much it would cost, I didn't have that capital right. up front. Uh, so, of course, I built out the, the sketch of the place and then I, I, I idealized what I needed out of each room, which was a studio for uh, people to do uh, videos, photo shoots, events. Uh, and, that, and I have a lot of people on my team who do uh, radio work 
Mm-hmm. So this is how this podcast room was birthed uh, through discussions about what we would need out of a radio station or a radio place. And then also I do video editing, so I needed an office for myself and the people who are on my video team. Okay. Uh, that's an office there. And then my wife and her sister, they do public relations. And they also need an office to operate out of to consult with people and help them to get themselves on professional platforms. So originally, it, it was just a piece of paper that boxed off these different sections okay. of what uh, needed to be the media block. And then secondly, I had to figure out, all right, now how am I going to actually fund this place? And I just took a leap of faith and took out a business loan. All right. Uh, I, I research what people do. People borrow money to that's start right. businesses. That's, right. uh, that's something that a lot of people that I come from, they're, they're afraid to do that because mm-hmm. it's, it's a scary thing to do. You know, borrow a lot of money in order to try to make some money. Okay. But, uh, you know, research shows that's what most business people do. That's, the, that's the business model of the United States. That's, exactly. that's the way it works. And if, if you don't know that, then you just don't know. You know what right. I mean? And, and it's just something that I found out. I didn't really have a lot of people to call and ask about, you know, how to start a business, unfortunately. But, I mean, Google is a powerful tool. You know what Did I mean? Did you go so, to the uh, Small Business Administration? You uh, went, that you have to go to the seminars? Uh, no, S- I didn't. SBA. I went to so. Wells Fargo. To be honest with you, man, I walked into a Wells Fargo and I asked those people, what would it take for me to take out a business loan in order to start my own company? And thankfully, my mother taught me... How to keep good credit? I always mm-hmm. had some pretty good credit, and once they checked out my credit history and mm-hmm. and, and my business plan and my my sketch, mm-hmm. they just told me see if you can get the money, and right. then you go for it. So I, I borrowed some money. I borrowed fifty thousand dollars from Wells Fargo right. in order to start this this company, and uh, we used that that budget in order to lease this building. Right. Uh, so we started searching after we found out we could get money. I started to search for a place, and I mm-hmm. feel like God just threw this right in my lap because this place is almost drawn out exactly how my original sketch is. It's, it's, yeah, I, I it's, noticed that, but also the, the location. Yeah, the location right here. In the you center of the city. Right. Yeah, I, I, that was the key for me, too. I was telling my wife, I, I know Houston pretty well, and I know how people are. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to be somewhere in the center of the city in order to get people from every area to want to come here. Right. So I wanted to focus on staying inside the 610 loop. You know, right. That's basically the center of Houston. Right. And uh, that was the most strategic part of my location is just making sure I was inside the loop. And this place just happened to be right here. I was uh, trying to get a place that was outside the loop. I was going to go ahead and just go for it because of the price. But but also you're in a historical black area. Right, we are. And and we right, we right near, we're not far from downtown. We're not far exactly. from the medical center. We're not exactly. far from the University of Houston. All Texas Southern University and Texas Southern University is the black university. Exactly. And I was so happy about that because I went to U of H and I, and I know a lot of people went to TSU and I know we're right down the street from that. Right. And I know we're right by the hood, by, right. by Sunnyside and South Park. And our people are here. That's right. You know what I mean? Our people are really here. And, and, and I know that the city is trying to push our people out, but... I'm, I'm trying to make sure that we and, can and, stay. And, and that's how we can stay if we uh, build... The city has been gentrified, Uh, but uh, even a lot of pastors I spoke to because I was in the construction industry, I got a similar background to you in terms of education, Uh, construction and and, uh, engineering, and uh, they have been planning to redevelop the whole inner loop 
but that's happened to be where we live. Right. The black and Hispanic and the uh, elderly. Yes. So the, el the our community have, has to be re uh, removed in order for this development to come in. They, they build in the townhouses, the condominiums, and they uh, raise the property value. Exactly. You see, they raise happening the, right now. They raise the taxes. But at the same time, the developers get five years tax abatement, meaning they don't pay taxes for five years. At the same time, they're raising our taxes. Man, we can't afford to pay the taxes, particularly our uh, elderly who are on fixed income. Mm -hmm. So then we end up losing the property. They get it for cheap. And uh, we're being displaced. And a lot of the pastors, they seen their congregation are uh, being pushed out. So that means the church is being pushed out. So they got to put their church outside of the beltway. And if you're in Houston, we have a, a two loops. We got a 610 loop. And then one further out, we have uh, Sam Houston Parkway, which is called Beltway 8. Mm -hmm. And so they're pushing the blacks and the Hispanic, the poor, the elderly, outside of the main business district, outside of the city. And eventually they're going to cut off public transportation and uh, push that's us out. That's the whole plan. That's crucial. But and, I mean, that, and, I, and I'm, I'm so happy that people like y'all have a platform in order to speak about these things because even me, I wouldn't even know about this right. had I not built this place and met y'all. You know what I mean? But I mean, you you are fighting it because we have to uh, build. Right. We have to uh, gain ownership. We have to control the economics and politics where we live yes. because as a renter, you're going to be pushed out. You have no power, None. no economic a political power. So, in order to, for us to fight gentrification, we must have ownership. Real quick, can you tell everybody how, what y'all have to offer here, and then let them know how we can, how they can contact you? And you know. Okay, cool, for sure. Uh, man, it's a lot of things here. At the media block, we have uh, it's everything media. Basically, is what I wanted to be, kind of like the Walmart of media. At one point, I wanted to be very low cost, so that so that anybody can afford it. And I just want it to be very uh, widespread so there can be a very various amount of things that you can do here. But most importantly, there's an event space here. Uh, you can do any kind of event in our back area. Uh, there's photography space, videography space, film set space, uh, fashion show space, comedy show space. We have a public relations department that will help you turn your, uh, your creative thoughts into professional businesses which is uh, something that is huge because a lot of we have a lot of artists out here that don't know how to get on the professional platforms in order to make the actual money. They're going to other people with, with their vision and, and they're getting it monetized through a whole separate company and they don't ever own what they create. That's something that I really want to teach people to do because I've seen that happen in hip-hop for too long. The, the whole structure of a, a record company doesn't really benefit the artist the way it should, and it doesn't educate them the way it should. So on top of uh, showing people how to get professional, we educate them on how to do so and, and make themselves self-proficient in, in our PR department. And then thirdly, you can come here and get your commercials done so you can advertise correctly. We shoot okay. commercials, uh, and we'll also shoot whatever visual uh, needs that you need that pertain to your business. And then thirdly, our, uh, our radio department, which is here, uh, originally, this was going to be a meeting place for the people who did radio on my team, but 
I see that podcasts are starting to trend as a new business and a new platform mm-hmm. for people to speak. I decided to turn this into a podcast rental space so that people who had either radio shows or podcasts or interview shows, that they could come in here and be able to broadcast uh, to wherever they want to. And uh, also, we have a lobby here that's just basically for uh, sitting in a red carpet, a green grass wall, so that you can kind of have a a very professional and, I'd say, elite type of feel when you uh, take photos and recap whatever you're doing at this place. I'm excited. And you want to give the address and how uh, telephone number, maybe? Yeah, the address is 6023 South Loop East, Houston, Texas, 77033. I don't actually know both of the business numbers by heart, but you can reach us on social media at The Media Block on all platforms. It's on Facebook, it's on Instagram, and uh, Twitter. You can go at The Media Block, and uh, you'll find our phone number on any of those platforms. I love this, man. This looks like the beginning of, like, Paramount or like Universal, you know what I mean? I'm glad you said this that because that's my Sony. ultimate vision, man. I want to take, I really want to take this back. I was talking to my wife. I want to take this business to Africa. I want to build a theme park there. Mm-hmm. That's that's the media block, and uh, and and really uh, just turn it to a, a huge entity as far as media is concerned. I don't want to eliminate any aspects of media. And I also want to want to take this even even to the malls and, and have uh, I just talk, I hope nobody steals my idea but I mean I'm gonna take this to the malls and uh, make it to where you guys can come to the mall and broadcast directly from the mall in, in rooms like this right podcast rooms inside the mall I know that so be you you talking about franchising oh yeah yeah okay okay all over all over the country mm. all over the country all over the world I want you to be able to have a media block in every city that you pull up to because it, it's that necessary. It's dope. You know what I mean? And, and it's like, it's the way you, man, it makes it, because the way you compacted it, this could be in like any shopping center, like a, like a Chipotle or something. Exactly. That's exactly oh. how I want it to feel. And I want people to be able to expand on this. I don't want to own this myself. I want my whole community and everybody who, who believes in this vision to be able to expand as well. Because I can't do this myself. A lot of times people want to take something and just own it and, and have all the glory. I don't, that's not my mission here. Mm-hmm. My mission is, to really enlighten and help, this is this is a platform. I don't do radio. You know what I mean? Right. So well, you know, I, I would like this to make it appeal to our audience, and yeah. I think our audience is a, a engaged, enlightened audience in terms of business and entrepreneurship. Yeah. And anyone in our audience that's uh, interested in your services or interested in franchise opportunities, reach out. Yeah. yeah reach out to Mr. Me. Clinton right here. Yeah. And. Uh, and uh, let's 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 start networking. Let's build. Let's build, man. That's what I'm about. Real quick, thank you for coming on and taking the time out to come and talk to us. All right. This is the Business Building Blocks podcast. We'd like to give our listeners one block that would make them successful. This being the media block, but can you give them one block that you think would make them successful in business? Uh, don't be scared. Okay. Don't be scared. That's that's what I was about. That's all right. Dude. Don't be afraid to do it, man. That's it. All right. Go for it. Go to that bank, get that money, and 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 pursue your dream, man. You got to have some sort of courage in order to make it happen. The guy that sits back and talks about it all day doesn't get it done. The guy that actually goes for it, most of those people win, and then don't quit. Don't quit either. That's another thing. You cannot quit. I could have quit several times. Man, I, I, I thank you for coming and adding value uh, to, to the Business Building Blocks podcast. And hopefully we can get Wazir in that. 
uh, public relations. Oh yeah, man. I mean, man, I was thinking that the whole time. Man. I need that. Check. I need a music video. I need a lot of stuff. We gonna check, check out, check out, check out the the video becoming. Okay. Coming by Wazir. All right, that, all right. That's, uh, that's a we'll great. Check it out, man. Check him out on YouTube and uh, wherever you can find. Yeah, we're going to talk. We're going to talk. For sure. We're going to talk. Yeah. Well, appreciate it. We're going to go into these uh, uh, sponsors at this point. Okay. You know, uh course, now the Media Block uh, is one of our sponsors. And uh, we, we definitely want you to support the Media Block and reach out to us and then look at the website uh, because they're giving us a home in our own community to be able to broadcast from. Uh, so now the other platinum sponsor we'd like to mention is the Nation Products. Nation Products has been with us from the beginning and Nation Products is an outlet of uh, uh, literature, a literacy advocates. They are literacy advocates. So it's an online bookstore that uh, ha has books fo focused on uh, authored by blacks. And also they target, it's targeting our children. We want to empower that future generation. And we'll talk about that Joshua generation uh, with knowledge and uh, seeing that uh, the education and one of the publications is the famous blacks in america uh this is a word search book and it has our uh leaders uh figures throughout our history that made a contribution uh to our advancement and as they learn about each one of the figures uh on each puzzle there's through the words the terms that they find in the puzzle they begin to learn about that figure but deeper they learn about themselves and their own potential. And uh, that builds their self-esteem. And that would inspire them because they know if their ancestors did great things, they know now they can do great things. Uh, another publication is Chemistry for Children where we, we introduce science to our children at a, at a young age. And oftentimes we'll, we are discouraged as black children in education. It starts in school that somehow that we're not good in math and science. And somehow we are behind everybody else. And we're uh, oppressed psychologically and given low expectations. So now, no, we built civilizations before slavery. And look at all of the contributions we made to this culture after slavery. All of the inventions that we made that furthered this uh, civilization. And as we begin to teach that to our children, then we'll realize that we built this country. And not just physically, but in terms of technology, we have made contributions in math and science. And uh, that movie about NASA, how black women help uh, do the math before computers uh, solve the math equations to get us to the moon. Uh, we have been there all the time. Uh, contributing to the advancement of, of uh, man, and uh, they, we want to empower our children. I, I can't say it enough. There's nationproducts.com. Again, it's nationproducts.com. Let's educate our children and uh, let's educate ourselves, and we will empower ourselves. Another uh, sponsor, well, as a public service announcement, I'd like to mention the Final Call newspaper. 
The Final Call newspaper is a newspaper that's published by Minister Farrakhan and Nation of Islam, but it covers news as relate to our community throughout the country and the world. You say this, you see this latest top, uh, cover page deals with the Jewish chief Jewish rabbi of Israel that called blacks monkeys. And you remember when uh, our brother uh, Barack Obama was in uh, President Barack Obama and Michelle Obama, President and First Lady, was in office, a lot of whites, uh, racists, were, were um, vilifying them in their media and characterizing them as monkeys. Right. Now here, the rabbi, the chief rabbi, Jewish rabbi of Israel, is characterizing blacks as monkeys. And we'll learn more about the Talmud, which is a holy book of the Jews. They characterize blacks as being uh uh, monkeys, uh, they vilified Jesus as being uh, the devil and all this type of thing. So they vilified Jesus. They don't uh, recognize Jesus as being the Messiah or the Christ. That's very important. But uh, the Jewish people have characterized blacks as uh, uh, monkeys. President Obama is a monkey, and Jesus, that's a monkey. So what does that mean? They may believe that Jesus is black. So <laughs> we're not going to go further into that. <laughs> Learn more about it. And uh, I would like to bring your attention to a publication entitled... That deals with this whole controversy. And that's the secret relationship between blacks and Jews. You may not find it on the uh, Nation Products website, but you could find it on the Final Call uh, website, finalcall.store.com, and get the secret relationship between blacks and Jews. It shows the Jewish involvement. Actually, they were the principal architect, architects of the uh, transatlantic slave trade. Right. And uh, throughout this uh, uh, building of this country, on our, at our expense, well, the secret relationship with blacks and Jews outlines their involvement in our undoing. It wasn't just the white Christians, but it was also Jewish involvement. Uh, it was done by the, uh, compiled by the Nation of Islam Research Department, but it's not written by us. These are actually quotations uh, from Jewish rabbis, Jewish scholars, Jewish historians that we compiled this information from. It's directly from them. They, they wrote the history. We're just citing the footnotes are in here, uh, that uh, the evidence of their involvement is based on their own writings. Mm. But get the secret relationship between blacks and Jews. And uh, also, we would, would we would be remiss in our duty if we didn't mention the economic blueprint as a public service announcement. The economic blueprint 
is a fund established by the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan to acquire farmland. And we want to start with 100 million acres of farmland to start with. Because we cannot talk about freedom or economic freedom without talking about land. That is the piece that we never got. We never got the 40 acres in the mule. And we just talked about how we're being treated. And we'll talk about it in the discussion about the recent police shootings of unarmed black men, unarmed black women. Uh, our people are being slaughtered by at the hands of law enforcement. And what is our uh, reaction to that? What is our response to that? And uh, what are our options? Do we have to remain in the second class citizenship where we are in ghettos or we're filling up their prisons or we are the unemployed? The economic blueprint, economicblueprint.org, addresses our plight economically because everything comes up from the land. And I like to shout out for our brothers and sisters on the continent, particularly in Zimbabwe and South Africa, the country of South Africa. They are beginning to reclaim their land without compensation to the whites who stole the land. They regaining their, their land because the land is the real estate, it's the real wealth. So in order for us to, to grow economically, we must acquire land in order to build on, in order to grow our food on, in order to get our clothes. And, and we'll go on and on on that in the discussion. But go to economicblueprint.org. That's what we have for our sponsorships. What was the first topic that we wanted to get in today? You wanted to talk about the, the the holidays, right? Because we are now, it's Easter. That's right. Easter Sunday. Well, you know what goes along with Easter and growing up, you may not have experienced it, but we would go out and buy new clothes. The Easter suit. Yeah, Easter shoes. We'll get our hair done. You know, uh, also we'll go out and buy eggs. Mm. We'll buy baskets, uh, dye, the dye the eggs, candy. Bunnies, uh, all type of uh, trinkets surrounding these uh, uh, merchandise surrounding this holiday. But we're not the merchants. We're the consumers. So in every holiday, there's an economic aspect of it. And uh, as a culture, your holidays or holy days should benefit the people of that culture. So the question is, is this our culture? Because we're not benefiting from it. We should grow from it. And we're not growing for it. We, we put a lot of money into it. A lot of our hard-earned dollars and our imagination is captured. But we don't really understand this culturally or theologically. Mm. For one thing, we call it a holy day. But it has no roots in the Bible. I, I challenge you to find Easter in the Bible. It's not there. Yeah. It's a pagan worship. Wasn't it uh, Esther or something like that? Uh, that, that yeah, when, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a pagan god. Of like fertility. But, but when, when the Romans adopted Christianity, then they uh, integrated paganism with Christianity. So that the Easter bunny and the egg that has a lot to do with paganism and nothing to do with Christ or the resurrection. 
But I would like to talk about the real story of Christ and the resurrection. You know, right now, we're involved in a conscious movement. What we mean by conscious is we are more aware of our blackness. We're proud of it. Our heritage, our African heritage, our African roots, so to speak, and uh, and want knowledge of self. When we gain more knowledge of our true history and our true, true identity, we are known as conscious or woke. Right. You familiar with the woke movement? Mm -hmm. And you may see a reflection in our in our the way we wear our hair, our fashion. You know, is more Afrocentric. But I wanted to bring up the whole idea of, of resurrection as it applies to our modern situation. Now, we're raising consciousness and awareness uh, about we are being made more aware of... Uh, Just making it easy for you. Go ahead. Yeah, but it's blocking me. Oh, 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 okay. <laughs> I'm speaking directly. Uh, gotcha. If you can hear me, give me. No, they uh, can hear you. I'm yeah. talking about the, the recording. But go okay, ahead. okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, um, the resurrection, the wokeness. I believe that the awake movement or the conscious movement, in biblical or scriptural terms, is called the resurrection. You want to elaborate on that? No, you're making a good point. Carry on. <laughs> well, well, we're dead according to the scriptures. Uh, we are powerless in the society. Political, economic power. Uh, so, in our powerlessness, and Jesus said, you should know the truth and the truth should make you free. So, if we're not free and the criminal justice system is a criminal injustice system to us because we're not getting into justice. You know, we're on the bottom of society. We're at the bottom of the economy. So we are the largest numbers of unemployed. and We have health disparities. And we can go on and on about the problem. But that's, we are described in Scripture as being dead. And I believe that we are mentally and spiritually dead. And the resurrection here is not physical resurrection but it's mental, spiritual, economic, political, that resurrection. When we, we have new knowledge now, that truth that comes into our understanding, and then we begin to grow, we begin to build. Right, so you're saying if you look at the, the story of, of the resurrection of Jesus, it could be kind of uh, paralleled or used as like a metaphor for this time and us being resurrected as a people. That's right. Matter of fact, I believe that us being resurrected as a people is fulfillment of Christ's resurrection. Because he was to return at the end of the world. And he's not just returning to the world, but he's returning for a people, a lost sheep. He would choose a people. And, you know, God makes a covenant with Abraham, and, and, and we're going to preach a little bit. Well, no, chapter, better, no better day to do that than Easter Sunday. <laughs> chapter 15 in Genesis, God makes the covenant with Abraham. And then we, we're talking about these three monotheistic religions, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. We all share the Old Testament. And uh, Abraham, being the father of the righteous, he's called the father of the righteous. And his seed, according to uh, 
this scripture in the Old Testament that his seed will be placed in a strange land among strange people for 400 years. And then after that time, God will come himself and judge that nation that they should serve and they should come out of her with great substance. But we believe that that's black people, mm. according to the message of the black man, Honorable Elijah Muhammad. Uh, this is what uh, he teaches, what Mr. Farrakhan teaches. Uh, but you go and research that nobody has been, the Jews say they was not in, in Egypt for 400 years. And then he was supposed, uh, the Messiah was supposed to come to a people that had not, had no other prophet came to before. Well, Jesus ministered in Israel. You know, the Kaaba of Mecca, uh, that's why all of the, uh, it was already a holy temple that all of the prophets had came from. So they're fighting in Israel today, the Palestinians, the Jews, the Christians, as being the Holy Land. But Christ was to come to a, a land with no prophet as came before, a strange land, according to the scripture, a strange land and among strange people. We believe that's America. And the people that was in bondage in America is blacks. Now, if we begin to rise up, after we heard the truth, that he was to bring us truth, and then he would transform our minds, and then we'd come alive, and you would see a change in us. That's the change that you're seeing in the woke movement, in the conscious movement. But now we have to translate it into building, community building, self-improvement. If we're going to be free, we need to be in a land that's free. You know, uh, the children of Israel was promised a promised land, mm -hmm. not a promised sky. But we need to be in that land, and we need to be building that new nation. And the new nation is going to be built with businesses, institutions, schools, hospitals, everything that we need to be a functioning society and to be a functioning nation. Yeah, because I, I, and it ain't nothing um, that don't already exist. We just need to get into to that ownership position. Because right. I don't know, we talk about gentrification. I don't know what's different about uh, the, the white man's eyes to where when he sees a liquor store or an empty parking lot with like people passed out in it or an overgrown lawn, why he can look at that and see a high-rise condo, but we look at it and we just say, oh, that's just a block. You know what I mean? Well, you know, if, you, if you're a renter, you don't have a vested interest in maintenance because you're not going to invest in somebody else's property. But when you're an owner, now you can feel pride in doing the repairs and maintaining something that you own. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, yeah, yeah, we get together, own some land, and then we can look at our own communities and have foresight like our guest had where he could say, I don't have, how do I do this? You could just Google it. How do I do this? And then get the money, come together, and then we could advance our own communities into the modern times with the hospitals and the and the, and the the technologies that are available to the rest of the communities and the rest of the world, how they can look at, you know, these development plans where they're like, we're going to run a train through here or we're going to build the hyperloop that goes from Dallas to Houston. And, you know, I want to... Yeah, we, 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 can't, yeah. <laughs> we can no longer allow other people to think for us, to plan for us. Because either you plan or you become a part of the, another man's plan. And in that other man's plan, he's going to be at the head and you're going to be the tail. You're going to be the one carrying water. 
The Jews said the blacks was cursed black to be hewers of wood, drawers of water, and servants of white people. So we, we now, in our dead state, we know they are our slave master, they are our enemy, but we continue to work for them, we continue to serve them because we don't have any ideals or plans ourselves. Mm. You know, the people will suffer if, if with no vision. The people will perish. And that's like, uh, like they, they call it the brain drain when people come from Nigeria over here, or they come from Japan or India, and they come to America, they're best and brightest. Well, we have a brain drain from the hood. Our best and brightest, they're getting scholarships and going to these uh, prestigious universities. They're going to HBCUs, getting wonderful degrees. But then our best and brightest go to Google. They go to YouTube. They, they go, go to, to corporate America. Yeah, they, they go to the enemy or the government, and they serve the people that's oppressing them. And a lot of times, what it what is, you know, it's a mentality thing that the ice seems colder, and also the infrastructure is just there already. Now, if they want to pay their bills quickly and start paying off those student loans, that's what happens. But if we set something up to where we can keep our best and brightest within our community, then we could do stuff like that. You cannot build wealth on a job. You can only gain a salary. There's a salary cap. There's limits. So we're only servants in someone else's house. We're managing someone else's store. We own no stock in it, however. We can't pass a job on to our children. And we don't have security. We don't have security. And our women and our children looking to us as men to provide and to secure them. We can't do it being a servant of another man in another man's house. We have to build our own house. We have to have our own land. And we have to assert our manhood. Because we'll continue to be boys being a servant of someone else. Or worse, a feminine man. They're trying to make us all castrate us. You know? And they do, they do it, start off by uh, doing it uh, psychologically and economically. Because you cannot be a man if you can't perform your role and your duty as a man. And that's one thing being a provider. And that the next thing securing them. And they just coming and gunning us down and we have no defense. A human, a divine right to defend ourselves. So we have to make ourselves powerful. First of all, we gotta regain our mind and that's the resurrection. And then we have to follow a divine plan. God desires for us to be in this promised land. And we say it when we pray, when we say our prayers, on earth as it is in heaven. That means heaven can be brought on earth, you know, through our own works. And heaven could be a, could be a metaphor for your mind. Right. Like on earth, as in all these things that we've always dreamed of or envisioned, can we want that out of the heaven or whatever, out of our minds. What I liked about what Brother Clay <laughs> said about the media block. Yeah. It started out, now he was he was rejected by the whites. He was discriminated against. He was hated, like we all are. But he used that energy to fuel his passion. Sparked the idea of what could I do for myself. And it came to him as an idea, this whole reality. It was a reality in his mind first. And then he made it flesh. And now we can come and sit down and we can talk to you 
from the mind of another brother, of our brother. Yeah, dude, yeah. Who, who uh, God blessed with a new idea. And now we all must do that. Are we going to be removed? You know, uh, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan say, do for self before you're forced to. You know, we we got to start building economically. Oh, oh we're going to be forced to because they're going to fire us. They're not going to have any jobs. And Trump is going to give us this food for the food stamps. He's giving you a food box. And I don't know what's in that box. Yeah. So. And, and I just, I don't like um, the way when you, when you go to these companies and it's like a, being interviewed and. All black people know you got to put on the interview voice or you got to get that posture that makes them feel more comfortable. And I don't even feel like that's our most powerful state. You know what I mean? When when you can be yourself and speak how you want to speak. And I'm not saying be savage, but have our own culture, have our own identity, our own likeness and, and move in that vein. Then we could do stuff like this to where we're serving our own interests, and it's not so like, please give me a job. I just got, you know, you go in there and they just like, and then they give you all types of you overqualified or you under mm -hmm. this and that to where they it's like we ain't hiring. They no justify uh, discrimination by saying you're not qualified or you're overqualified, but our Hispanic brothers and sisters who are what they call undocumented. They call them illegal aliens. Now, they are more native to the land than the white man. The white man come from Europe. Yeah. They're descendants from the Native Americans, and they calling them aliens. But they come here without an American education. They don't even speak the language. And you see them building. They're building the subdivisions. They're doing highway construction. I worked at NASA. They was even at NASA doing the work. At NASA, they undocumented. But they got this uh, security clearance that you have to go to. In depth, you know, they go through the security clearance. And they got people over there without uh, security clearance after six months, however. So they rotate them in every six months to do the work. It's just a loophole. And uh, they use this uh, education, quote unquote, education criteria to discriminate against us and to oppress us. Mm -hmm. So we get all of these, uh, all of this uh, education. That, Advanced degrees and now we're unemployed. And I hear that the degree is starting to be um, have less weight. You know what I mean? You're starting to have to get a higher and higher degree. And I think because they, they want you in further debt, kind of. Yeah, they, they make it. Like, education <laughs> is a business. Yeah. And, they, and you draw it along. Like the brother said, you could have drawn it along and start a business. And we see that all of the foreign groups come over here and they understand the value uh, of owning your own business. All of the foreign groups. They in them gas stations. And they get own. started in our community. <laughs> but I wanted, before we run out of time, my wife. Oh, yeah, we are getting close to uh, Asked me to bring this up. You know, we've been uh, grieving for all of the violence in our community, particularly uh, at the hands of law enforcement, killing our people that's unarmed. And, you know, the Justice of Earth Coalition, a movement, uh, respond to this as boycotting. You know, we need to follow what uh, Martin Luther King said, share the pain. They need to feel what we're feeling economically. So we should boycott them, right? At the same time, we should buy black. We should invest in ourselves. And that seems like we can march, we can boycott, 
But the buy black seems to be the thing that we hung up on. And she asked me to go back to message the black man written by the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad under the section of the economic blueprint. Now I'm just going to go down to this paragraph. The white man spends his money with his own kind, which is natural. Uh, quoting from page 174, message to the black man. Uh, he says, you too must do this. Help to make jobs for your own kind. Take a lesson from the Chinese and the Japanese. And to give employment and assistance to your own client, your own kind when they are in need. This is the first law of nature. Defend and support your own kind. True Muslims do this. Um, and I'm sorry, I didn't get to the part where... Uh, because the so-called Negro has been deceived, misled, he has become a victim of deception. He is today in the worst economic condition of North America. Unemployment is mounted, and he feels it the most. He assisted in reducing himself to his present insecure economic condition. You, the black man, are the only members of the human race that deliberately walk past a place of business of one of your own kind a black man, and spend your dollars with your natural enemy. The so-called Negro America, the American Negro, has never in the history of America been known to boycott or criticize a white man as he does his own kind. He thus shows love for his enemy and hatred for his own kind. A true Muslim would never boycott the place of business of his fellow Muslim or black brother. A Muslim is proud of the success of his brother and sister, uh, his sisters and brothers. He recognizes their success is his success. He recognizes the law of Islam. If one brother has a bowl of soup, you have half of that soup. And, and uh, I just wanted to bring that up. You know, we're angry, we hurt, we grieve, but we must respond. Business, we're taught, is warfare. So if we're going to fight a revolution, an economic revolution, and when we re withhold our, our funds from them in these pagan holidays, then we must invest that money back into businesses, into institutions that we control, that we own. And we, we, what we're doing is investing in one another. We should go and buy black without asking for a discount, not asking for the hookup. Because it's from the patronage of paying that price, their profit is embedded in that price. So we should want our brothers and sisters to make a profit. We want their, uh, their business to be solvent, to be in the black, I mean in the profit, and to be viable because they begin to create employment opportunities for other people in our, persons in our community. And we definitely want to say that. We definitely want to do that. And uh, on our pages, and, and you know, we're going to move on and enjoy the festivities of Easter and the resurrection. And if we truly understand that, we'll be enlightened and we'll begin to build in our own interests. And we'll begin to support others that's doing likewise. It's a beautiful place to cap this off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any, any, we want to uh, encourage everybody who listens to the podcast every week, uh, whether that be on Facebook, 
uh, or anywhere else online to go ahead and subscribe to the uh, to the podcast app. If you have an iPhone, the podcast app is already there. Search the Business Building Blocks. Also, uh, our YouTube channel, the uh, Business Building Blocks, BBB Blocks on uh, Instagram, and just please support if you have a business. And you want us to mention your business on the show for our listeners to go and support you. Because if people who listen to the business building blocks want to support your business, go ahead and contact us and we can set up a, a sponsorship plan. You can sponsor this uh, podcast and help us keep it going. Uh, anything else? Yeah, you can call me at 832-258-3061. 832-258-3061. If you would like to be a guest or if you'd like to sponsor the business building blocks. Uh, we all we got, you know. So if, if if you see any value in the show, we appreciate the support, and also support our our sponsors, our current sponsors. Uh, Nation Products been there from the beginning, and uh, also expanding online. Uh, you can find them on Facebook or just go to the website nationproducts.com. Also, Wazir's music. Yeah, well, is an artist with music on the market. So you can check out the YouTube channel, but also go and stream Wazir's music. Uh, some of the latest new tracks. The album is Full Time Fever. Yeah. The latest new tracks is Becoming, mm-hmm. Wazir Becoming. And also, Many Can't Rock. Yeah. And I mean, everybody rocking the Many Can't Rock. Yeah. Uh, go and stream those. Uh, 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 go ahead and, and they can acquire it on iTunes. Yeah, y'all, y'all can y'all can get it on iTunes. Y'all can get it streaming on Title. You know, every, everywhere you listen to music, Spotify. I am on all those. Play- I have to say that now. I used to think I didn't have to say it, but when I talk to people and I'm and they're like, "Oh, uh, where is your um, SoundCloud?" I'm like, "I'm on Spotify." They're like, "Wait, you on Spotify?" I be thinking people just assume that. So yeah, I'm on Spotify, Apple Music, Title. Google Play, anywhere you listen to music, just search Wazir, W-A-Z-E-E-R. Anywhere you listen anywhere. to music, you can search my name and stream it. So thank y'all for supporting. Thank this you. is the Business Building Blocks podcast. You have the blocks, now get to building. Thank See y'all for next week. week.